Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The How's Your Father podcast with Johnny Cochran. And now... Here's Johnny. Hello and welcome to another episode of the How's Your Father podcast, a podcast de- dedicated to all things fatherhood. I'm struggling to get my words out because I'm frazzled by the fact I have a child. That's how it works. Um, everyone who's listened to this podcast before will kind of know some of the things to expect. And if you haven't, welcome. But those that have listened before will know that I always have a sensational guest along with me. And today is no different. We have a sensational broadcaster, presenter, absolute top bloke, because I know this guy personally, and he's a father. Give it up for Nihau. <laughs> Yay! Sorry, Nihau, but on this podcast, it's well established that I'm the only one that claps. So, so you- yeah, but so you should, for dramatic effect, you should do it as a slow hand clap. So make it more kind of sarcastic. Right, like the yeah. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, right. yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A bit of yeah, a buzzword for him right now. Yeah, yeah, he gets a clap round the face, I think, Shia LaBeouf, for what he's been doing, yeah. Now, um, yeah. um, I did hint in my intro into you. Did you like that intro, by the way? Did you like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was lovely, yeah, yeah. As long as, as long as you don't go, oh, and here is a total wanker in the heart. That would be a little bit rude and perhaps an inappropriate way to start. Invite a guest onto your podcast. <laughs> to be honest, as a dad, it's just nice to feel appreciated anyway, isn't oh, it? Oh, mate. Know, wouldn't it be nice if our kids went, and here he is, all around top bloke, and my dad now. Yeah, that would be nice. I, did, I got a kiss on the cheek out of my 13-year-old boy the other day because I kind of caught him unawares. Right, so as he was just walking past me on the way to the kitchen to no doubt raid the fridge again, I just went, Oh, get a kiss on the cheek. He just went, <laughs> bent, he went, Yeah, yeah, right. Give me a kiss. Walked off. I was like, Yes. Nice. Yes. That, yeah. That's impressive. That means he was definitely up to no good as well. Yeah, really... I know. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he probably went into the kitchen and was like throwing knives at someone or something. Yeah, like, you, you, know, you thought yeah. he was going to go and raid the fridge, but he was actually going to sell it on eBay for a PlayStation <laughs> yeah, 5, yeah. you know. So, <laughs> so you are a father now, as well yes. as a um, sensational broadcaster and good guy, as I said. But um, can you tell us how many children do you have and when and how old are they? I have two children. Um, my son is 13 and my daughter is 11. So I've been a dad for a little while now. I haven't got any, it makes me feel old, but I now no longer have any children in primary school, which is a kind of weird moment when you're, both of your kids are at secondary school. You're like, wow. And then one's a teenager. My son is probably about a centimetre or less shorter than me. And he's 13. So, you know, that's that's definitely, now I'm, beginning to see how he will overtake me in the next couple of years does that change your aspect with regards to because this is one of the things i ha- i have a 18 month old um so year and a half and and i do look at him sometimes and think you know obviously you're a baby now and you know he doesn't always listen to me but at some point during his life he's going to get to a stage where he's bigger and stronger than me 
And, you know, I guess, not that I want to rule with an iron fist, but that element of fear or, or respect uh, of his father may, you know, dwindle when he realises that he could probably knock me out if he wanted to. Does yeah. that does that moment change for you when you realise your son's like, oh, I'm actually going to maybe have to change the way that I uh, manage this young young human? It's a really good question because it is something you think about, or at least I think about, um, part of the reason why they've never done any martial arts, for instance, is because, <laughs> you know, I don't want him as like 11 and a black belt third dan in Taekwondo, like taking me out because I've said they can't have a second helping of Angel Delight, right? I mean, that's <laughs> not the fight. That's not the war. I, I, want, I don't want to die on that hill. Uh, so, um, but it's quite interesting that he will sometimes try and flex, right? He's already started to try and flex a bit. So if he wants to get out and do a one-on-one -on -one rugby scrum, for instance, I mean, he's already faster than me. He can run faster than me. He can run rings around me with a football. So, you know, he's still, but, you know, I'm in my late 40s. I'm on a cusp of being 50. And I, I still want to make sure that I can have at least a little run around with him in the park and, and tackle him a little bit. I might go a little bit uh, Roy Keane on the tackle, <laughs> should we say. Right, little bit savage. Gotta leave something on him, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little bit old school. Can't be protected like these footballers today. Exactly. Right? Get up, son, get up. <laughs> exactly. Reducer. Right. Exactly. Smoking a cigarette, half-time, eating a kebab. Old school footballing uh, prowess. So there is that. He does still find it kind of hard to get around me but um but that's only if we're in a very small space if he's got a big pitch he can just kick the ball and run <laughs> that's me done right? i'll never get near him uh, i'll have to do a lot of shirt tugging etc so there is a, an element of it but i think you know i was taller than my dad probably physically stronger than my dad by the time but i was still terrified of him if he raised his voice not because he was an ogre but because he was my dad Right. And as long as your dad is still alive and sadly mine isn't, you're still their son. You're still their child. So you are carried back to being that kid as soon as they raise your voice, even if you're an adult. I mean, I was 29 when my dad sadly passed away. And, you know, I remember I think it was a week or so before he died of his heart attack that uh, my brother and I were mucking around upstairs and my dad just wanted some chill time to read the paper downstairs. And he shouted at us and it made me stop like immediately. You know, I was a grown ass man. I was 29 years old, but it was still just like, oof. okay. So I think that there will be an element of that. And what I've tried to do is really tone down the shouting, right? Because I want it to have effect. Right. I just want to know that there's a I mean, I, I rate those parents highly who can just do it with an eyebrow. Right. <laughs> like those guys who can just they don't even have to shout. They're just like got ninja eyebrows, like Bruce Lee eyebrows coming for you and that they can just do the look and the look is enough. Like I'm not that guy. I wish I was that guy, but I'm not that guy. And, you know, I'm not of the I want to be mates with my kids school of parenting, but I do want them to like me. You know, and I, I want and I want us to have mutual respect for each other. And as my son comes out of childhood into teenagehood, there's still always moments where he becomes a child again. Becomes, you know, we'll sit there watching the football, and he might rest his head on my chest as we're watching it, and I'll put my arm around him, right? And there's still those moments. And one of the great things about football um, is 
the fact that we'll always be bonded through that. So I love it when I go to see Spurs when we could and um, and you'd see like an old boy, like someone in his 70s and he's there with his like son who's in his 40s and might even be there with his grandson as well. And I love that. Like I love to see that and that's what I want. You know, that's what I want. And my daughter and I, we have our own bonding, which we've discovered just recently really, which is going out into the middle of nowhere and just walking around. We're lucky enough where we live in the northwest of England to be near the Peak District, very near, so a 15-minute drive to get to the Peak District. And to just just be in the middle of nowhere with her is just beautiful. It's amazing, I hope. And again, that's something that we can do our whole life. Like, as long as I can walk, I'll be able to just go out. And so it's all about building memories with them, which I know I've gone out on a mad tangent, <laughs> but, yeah, it kind of links together. Um, just, I mean, we, we started off on that, and we always let these conversations go where they do anyway, so uh, we're loving that. But in terms of, like, discipline, do you find that um, whether you're trying to discipline your son or your daughter, it, 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 I don't know, it draws a different requirement out of you, even whether it shouldn't, whether you feel like you act differently around them. Uh, and I say this purely because I used to, I used to work in a, a school um, and I remember when, um, like, some of the boys who were really kind of boisterous and, you know, rambunctious having to discipline them I, it was just you know that was my cup of tea because quite frankly I knew they were on my level and I felt like I knew how to judge where to take it whereas some of the girls that were really aggy I found it really difficult because when I was raising my voice it became very hard for me to not realize that I was a, a grown man in his 20s shouting at a 12 year old girl and yeah. that just made me feel different yeah, um, yeah. do you find that uh, without a doubt, you know, without a doubt, I think that, that, you know, disciplining my daughter is a very different thing to disciplining my son. You know, it's very different. And in fact, in many ways, I've been tough with both of them and it never works. Like it it, it doesn't, it just doesn't work. Um, and eventually there's the law of diminishing returns. You know, the more you shout at someone, the less they hear it, you know. Uh, and they build up a, and I, I don't, I just, I leave that type of kind of slightly Victorian parenting. I leave that to the last resort. Like, I just don't want to do that. I don't want to be that guy. Because I always, when, when I have been that guy in the past, I've never felt good afterwards. Like, I've always just kind of gone to, said to myself, I feel terrible for that. Like, I've failed I have 100% failed. If I lose my temper with my child, I've, I've failed. I have failed, you know, and I don't want to be that guy. So my daughter, I think my daughter requires more patience because I think my son is more binary in that respect. He's, you know, you can kind of, kind of go, sort it out and it'll sort it out. And then he might ignore it two or three times and you go, this is really boring and I'm going to, and I'm going to take something away from you, Right. And he'll be like, oh, yeah, I get that. Okay, that's transactional. I understand that. She's not like that. You have to be much more intuitive, emotionally intelligent. You have to let her vent. And then when she's calm, get her to try and understand what has just happened. You know, And that requires a lot more patience. And it's easier for me to say that because I'm not with them all the time. My wife is, right? So... 
she finds that more difficult because she's with them all the time. And do you find that you, around that discipline as well, maybe um, discipline along gender lines, i.e. your wife um, discipline your daughter more and you disciplining your son more? I mean, I'm not saying that's how everyone does it, but I know sometimes that's how it pans out. Well, I think that my wife has to deal with disciplining them both more. By virtue of the fact I work and I go out, like I work paid work um, and she works very hard. So... I have to do less of that. And also I'm just a bit more, there's a perfect example was last night. We watched the football where Tottenham beat the seventh best team in Austria, which is a major triumph for us at the moment. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, a major triumph. Beating in the, the midst of another season crumbling down. I am an Arsenal fan as well. I do want to announce that. To I, the I do know that. I do know that. <laughs> I am aware of your football allegiances, but you're... As shit as we are, so like you can't be on a. That's why I'm quite comfortable being around you because I know that you, you've had as you've had more pain than we have in in many ways this season. But um, what was I saying? Yeah, so so we we did it, and um, my wife had made some food earlier on in the day, so there was a frying pan and there was food in it, and my son go watch the football with me and then goes upstairs and then decides he's hungry. And then my wife's like, oh, well, why weren't you cooking? Why didn't you cook something for him? When it? And I was like, because there's food there. Like there's food there. Right? I'm not, I'm not their servant. He's a grown ass boy. Like he's 13 years old. Right? If he's hungry, go feed himself. It's not like we've got bare cupboards. He can go and do that. Right? He's got to learn. He's, he's about this stage now, I think, where he's got to learn to start doing this kind of stuff. Whereas I, I might be a little bit more, a little bit softer because my daughter's 11, right? She's 11. So that would be different to me, I think, in many ways. But um, yeah, that was an interesting, because uh, I was just like, because I'm actually, in some ways, I'm a bit lazy. Like I, I'm not, I, I want to do the fun stuff. I'm not good at sit. I don't have tension. My attention spans terrible. Sit there and do hours of homework with them. Like come for me to, for ideas and I'll bounce ideas off you. I'll tell you this. I'll read through something and I'll do this. But to sit there for hours, whereas my wife, who is a teacher, is much better at that than me, Johnny. I see. You're 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 just there for the two-footed challenges whilst playing football with your son. Yeah, all the all the I'm, glory moments. I'm I'm there for the ankle injuries. <laughs> Basically, what I'm there for, Johnny. Yeah. Um, so obviously, um, your, your children are you know well, one's a teenager, one's pushing on to that now. But if we do take it back to when you first had children as well, was it something that you always had? you know visualized for yourself did you always want to be a father or was it something that kind of crept up as the years went on i wanted to meet someone settle down have kids 100 percent. you know and i've been in a lot of long relationships i've been in a lot of relationships of two years or more um and you know i was trying to find that perfect but you know not perfect that's not the right word i was just trying to find someone that i really wanted to spend the rest of my life with and have a family with and i met my wife and she wanted the same thing. So it was, you know, it was always a given that I wanted to be a dad, without a doubt. I mean, without a doubt, you know. Um, and and I won't know if I've done a good job of it and probably until they're about 30, I think. You know, I just don't think until they're an adult, either with their own family or secure in some way. And if I haven't managed to mess them up too much um, psychologically, then I think we're, you know, 
I think we're good. If you don't have a, a, a court case pending when, when yeah. you're uh, later in life, exactly. sued for emotional trauma, yeah? Exactly. If I end up like Jamie Spears, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I, will, I will potentially think that I haven't really sorted it out. Right? <laughs> so if I have the conservatorship of uh, my kids' uh, finances, then I'll think mm, maybe, I, maybe I need to have a word with myself. Wow, I watched that the other day. And forcing them to perform as well. <laughs> Get back out there, too. As adults, um, yeah. So, so um, in terms of um, obviously now your children have kind of grown more as well. But in in the younger years, was there anything that kind of crept up in you that you weren't really expecting um, in terms of requirements as a father? Because obviously, one thing I've learned, even in eighteen months, is it's just an ever changing responsibility and demands that get placed on you, and sometimes things just catch you out kind of out of whack like well well, where was that coming is there anything that kind of you know maybe even objectively kind of was kind of new to you i think that i find it i find it difficult to engage with the more banal aspects of being a dad right i mean i taught them to to ride their bikes i like to you know do sport with them but like I was, I couldn't sit there and do Lego for hours. Like I just couldn't do that. I just was like, this is doing my head in. Right? <laughs> Would right. you say that to them when they were talking as well? Yeah, their first, yeah, well, their first well, phrase. That's well, yeah, that was exactly. Their, their first words were, this is doing my head in, <laughs> right? Um, which, uh, yeah, I was preferring mum and dad, but they, they went with this is do my head in, which was great. <laughs> the, the, the yin to the yang of that is that uh, at least it was a full sentence. Right? Yeah, not, yeah, not, fluent, not absolutely. No, but that. So that was a thing that, yeah, that was uh, a weird part of it, I think. Um, and but I, that, you know, that didn't necessarily yeah. catch you unlike kind of off guard in terms of you, you were no. expecting Legos were going to be a stage... Of of the um, of childhood, I guess, and requirements. Yeah, but I thought that I could be hands on in that respect. I right. thought I could be, and I guess that some of it is that you know you have to keep confronting your own selfishness, right? Because your kids are supposed to erase selfishness from you. But I'm not sure they succeeded in doing that with me, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, and I, you know, my wife, their mother, is she takes on a lot of that and has done for 13 years, you know. And, and I'm the sole kind of breadwinner, as it were, uh, you know. For most of that time, I've been the sole breadwinner. So I've kind of selfishly thought, well, I'm doing all of that. Um and I'm, you know, I'm trying. As they get older, I find it easier to relate to them in many ways. Not that I don't love them. I'm obsessed with them. Like, I'm obsessed with how much I love them. It drives me to, you know, when they say, don't they, you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. And if my children are sad, it's, it, you know, I, I can't bear it. Um, and I'm there to provide them. I kind of feel like, I, I tell you I love you, I cuddle you, I hug you. You know I'm always there in your corner. Just don't ask me to do Lego with you. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm kind of that 
that way of thinking about it really. love goes up until the lego yeah yeah <laughs> it yeah. stops and there then, uh, but which is which is fine because my daughter is unbelievable at at constructing very complex and she'll sit there for six hours six to seven hours building this extraordinary piece of lego so she's but she's also incredibly technically minded in that respect she loves to see how things work and takes things apart she's a real kind of engineer in the making she's also a drummer so she's got a drum kit and she plays drums and she's just fantastic, Johnny. So she's uh, she's great. My wife's just come in actually. If you might, I know this is a fatherhood podcast, but uh, there's a there's a mum here. Uh, this is Johnny. Do you remember Johnny? You met Johnny. Hello. How you doing? You okay? I'm good. Yeah, good. Thank you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, for the listeners as well, um, people might not know, but me and the how come from the same hometown. So, yes. you know, we're both cut from the cloth. Uh, yeah, we are. You know, we fought we our went way to Bray's out. Grove. I'm way older than you, but in my day, that had some proper hoodlums in that school, man. Do you know what it was? Is Do you remember when Educating Essex came out? Yeah, well, I've, I've heard of it, but I never watched it, no. Basically, it was about a school where it was full of reprobate kids, you know, they're all difficult. Well, that school was actually the evolution of my school because... Braysgrove closed down because it was in such disarray and then all the bad kids went to Passmore's and then that was filmed in Passmore's so was it yeah it's filmed in Passmore's yeah Passmore's was another school like we were we were Burnt Mill so Burnt Mill and Mark Hall thought themselves as the best schools in Harlow and Burnt Mill thought we were better than Mark Hall so it was like it was those two schools and it was like St Mark's and Passmore's Braysgrove I I um there was a school called Netswell that closed down pre i get into burnt mill and all, some of their kids came to burnt mill when i started in the early 80s and uh, and they were some of them were lively i think the first time i was racially abused at school was from a kid who'd come from past uh, from nets nets well to uh, burnt mill uh, fond memories joyous yeah. memories <laughs> 
in terms of now going to school to like a secondary school as well and um, at that point you know as a child or or growing into an adolescent you're obviously having to become more emotionally robust and you're dealing with a hell of a lot more when you look at your own children particularly your son at a kind of an older age um, what do you feel you have to do as a as a father to make your child more robust and resilient when those new challenges come because I mean I'm just thinking back to some of even the parents that I knew growing up not necessarily my own but you know parents where it was just like a pull pull yourself together kind of thing even though we now look at those things as being quite complex that these children are facing let alone the issues that are going on in today's world Um, so how do you feel that you tackle that issue with your son making sure that he's ready to deal with all that uh, stuff well I, I there's two things there one is that i want him always to feel as though he can tell me how he feels but equally don't take any shit right because i learned you know the first the, the first kid of my year that called me a packy i punched him in the face right and he punched me back and we had a tear up right we had a tear up and but he never did it again and actually we became mates at school because it just showed like i'm not that guy like i'm not mahatma gandhi right (laughs) so if you if you know and i learned that because i looked at some of the other asian kids who were quite geeky and and were taught to kind of turn the other cheek and walk away and all that and their life was not good Right. And I was like, well, if you're going to, if you're going to, and I also was very good at networking. So I had a crew. So if you were coming for me, you were coming, the crew were coming for you. Right. So it was, it was also that as well. So, you know, my son's lucky in that he's very tall for his age. Um, he's also at an all boys school where they're very, very quick to deal with any issues like this because it is an all boys school. It's full of, testosterone right so they need to make sure they are 100 percent on it if any kid looks like they're being disrespectful or a bully anything like that so he's had a few occasions where he's got upset by things people have done to him um and and it's been dealt with you know in fact when we first moved up here we had to move him out of a school because of bullying right we had to move him out and we ended up moving him to one of the best schools in the country which he absolutely loves you know so um that was that you know that that was tough but but i think that i think that i don't know he's quite naturally stoic mm. so he, he 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 finds it harder to emote with me but he finds it very easy to emote with my wife right so he so he can he can um but i'm always just saying to him you know I mean, I remember once saying to him on a number of occasions, you know, it's okay. You can love whoever you want to love. You can fancy whoever you want to fancy, boy, girl, whatever. And in the end, I'd said it so many times trying to be all ultra liberal. Well, that's just amazing that the dog has just put mud all over me. It's fantastic. (laughs) Um, um, He just went, Dad, I'm not gay. Like, stop going on about it. I was like, right, fine. It's fine. Sorry for being overly liberal. I just want you to know that it, it's fine. Because I just interviewed so many people who'd who'd had to keep this secret for years and the, sh- the shame uh, that they felt uh, and they had no reason to feel shame and the embarrassment and the pain of that, I just didn't want any of my kids ever to go through. 
you know, ever. So a similar conversation with our daughter and she's completely open to whoever she wants to love, she'll love. And she, and it's totally normal for the both of them to understand that. So I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to build a degree of emotional intelligence. We both are um, trying to do that. And, and was that something that you you had growing up? No, your, of course not. From your Come father. on, man. Let's listen to our parents' generation, man. Don't be silly. They, they, they didn't get, especially we're ethnic minorities, right? Like, that, that, that didn't happen, right? Um, you know, um, I'm guessing you're of mixed parentage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Caribbean, well, Jamaican and English. Yeah. yeah. So on what side is Jamaican? Which side is English? Dad, dad Jamaican, uh, mum, English. Right. So yeah, you know, it was um, jerk Jamaican and culture then roast. is not Jamaican <laughs> culture is not, from my understanding of it, of that generation, um, is huggy, touchy, feely, I love you, son, kind of stuff, right? I mean, my dad was—he never said we, he loved us, right? We knew he did because he did it through actions, not through words, but he never said it. So, but I take after my mum, who is very tactile and kind of uh, emotional, which makes me. Um, much more like that you know I, t I, I can't help I love hugging my kids and kissing them and telling them I love them I, I just love it I absolutely love it I'm proper needy in that respect do you know what I mean like I'm not <laughs> I'm not even cool with it I'm just needy well your son um, has to give you a kiss on the cheek every time he wants a snack out the fridge so we yeah, know, yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah there is it's true there's definitely an affection to food ratio that uh, needs to be sorted out you're like, the, Don, you're like the Don in the mafia just like yeah. hey because the cheek if you want some sandwiches <laughs> uh, no no it's 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 really it's, but I mean just on that front about you know how uh, it possibly wasn't there from your parents' generation. Did you, even though you got it from your mum, did you like really set about with a goal when you had children yes. to buck that trend and be like, yes. I will not 100%. be like that? 100%. 100%. So uh, to the point at which <laughs> my daughter will actually articulate, I love you too, whereas my son will go, oh, you too. Like he didn't even say it because like, I say it to him I say it to him every day every day they're told they loved every single day you know and I think that's one of the best defence mechanisms you can give your kids I think is to know that at least somewhere someone in the world has, will always have them always have their back right you know and um, that is oh man are you serious dog weirdly enough dog is looking out the window and seeing something out there and just being an absolute doof so yeah so it's just just love, yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah, and and, and it's a hundred percent true, Johnny. That I made that decision to go. Okay, bang, they're gonna know. And I think I'm from a generation of dads who are kind of doing that. We realise the value of that to our children, and they don't know that value yet, right? They don't know. They they don't understand. You know, it's because it's their normal. You know, it's just their normal to be told they're loved, and that they're cherished, and that they're valued. It's a normal. So you know. Um, and a lot of that you won't see until they get older, how that will help them, I hope. Is, is there anything, since you've been a father, because we kind of look at loads of different aspects of fatherhood and people with different experiences and, um, you know, in the hope that I guess that solidarity helps people in the same thing. And is there any, is there any um, point in terms of since you've been a parent where something scared you? Like it, it genuinely has scared you to your bones in the sense that you know whatever aspect it might be around parenting uh where you felt i don't know maybe you weren't going to be able to meet 
the requirements that you wanted to or or yeah just generally scared at, at the prospects that of what was being required of you of being by being a dad I'm, I'm scared by my by the inability to you know i can't make friends for them right i can't i can't make sure that they're happy and popular in school right so there's you know dads like to fix stuff don't we that's why we you know and our wives come to us with problems we're like rather than just listening which is ultimately i think what's what's needed required you're like well why don't you do this then if your friend is being a pain i think you should do this when it's like they don't want to hear that right so similarly you know when my kids were being bullied you know it's heartbreaking right because you can't go up and give the bullies parents a slap right you'd like to but, but you can't so you have to rely that school will do something and it became increasingly the, the case that we weren't and also i was feeling the guilt that i'd moved them out of london where they were happy my wife as well where she was happy and moved them to a place and then suddenly they're unhappy and there's not really a lot you can do about it you're trying to you're trying to give them coping mechanisms. You're trying to go into the school and say to them, look, we need to keep these people apart. We need to do this and we need to do that. And nothing really worked until we took them out. And then my daughter especially came to a new school where she was really just making new friends. And then the, the third lockdown happened. And now she's at home all the time. So that, it, it I think that if I can put enough into them, with experiences, with helping them understand that they can be whatever they want. So if they work hard, they can be whatever they want. Don't let anyone ever tell them they can't. If I can equip them with that armour, then I can't really do much more, right? Because I'm not a teacher, my wife's a teacher, she can do that, she's got the patience to sit there with them, I don't, frankly, I just don't. And, and um, you don't do Lego either, which no, we've, don't do Lego. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've, we've clarified that. Yeah, absolutely. No, I don't do that either. So, you know, um, yeah, I mean, the whole aspects of it scare you. You start thinking about, look, when they're 18, we'll probably move back to London. And then you've got an 18 year old in London and we know how violent London can be for teenagers, especially teenage boys. Now, obviously, my son is not going to be hanging around North Peckham Estate, right? Dealing crack, right? He ain't going to be whip, 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 whip. He ain't going to be doing any of that, right? <laughs> hanging out with uh, with drill MCs, right? So however much his middle-class house might want to be one, he's never going to be one. So, so that's one less thing to worry about in many respects. And my heart goes out to people who have to parent in those situations where every time their kid leaves the house, they're not sure whether their kid's going to come back again. You know, that to me is terrifying you know i don't have to face those fears but equally i do have to worry about him because he'll be seen as easy game for certain you know the hyenas pack hunting you know although so, i i mean no. we are doing we are recording this on zoom it's a new new thing for uh, the house father podcast and whilst i have heard your dog in the background i haven't seen it but from the sounds it's making i'm presuming it's a pit bull so i'm sure <laughs> your son could be walking around peckham estate with that pit just sick it's sicking them on people you know what i mean it's, it it'll probably be all right it'll probably be all right now well, johnny you're from harlow i'm from harlow 
Um, it's, of course, a Staffordshire Bull Terrier because <laughs> if you didn't have a Staffy, you wouldn't be allowed in Harlow. I mean, it's like a visa. It used to be Gucci loafers back in the day or maybe Patrick Cox because they and were a bit Ben cheaper. Sherman. Yeah, and Ben Sherman. And, uh, uh, and, uh, and now, yeah, definitely, you need a Staffy and we've got a Staffy. And, uh, yeah, he's a lovely dog. He's not a very scary dog, to be fair. He's get one of those XXL bullies or whatever to go. To Mate, get I've I've seen yeah, those, I've seen enough Chihuahuas walking around here lately, and I'm just like, what's become? Do you know how usually you get like racist going? Oh, look at this place! It's got uh, dogs and stuff. I do that about dogs when I see Chihuahuas and say, oh, look at the state of the place. Honestly, Chihuahuas has a Pomeranian there. Get yourself a staff. Come on, <laughs> that's know. how I feel. <laughs> exactly. I'm a um, silly dogs. Now, Nihal, um, this this uh, podcast is all about um, fatherhood, solidarity, um, and we all we always like to tie up the podcast with um, an opportunity for you as a dad or whatever um, a dad is on as a guest to give to offer some advice to the other dads listening. Okay, and a little feature that I call "Get Your Tips Out for the Dads." Okay, and I'd be yes. remiss if I didn't <laughs> sing the intro. Get your tips out, get your tips out, get, get your tips out for the dads. Nihau, take it away. Have you got any advice? Well, I'd have to end that with get your tips out for the dads because, you know, that's how that football song always, always finishes. Um, I don't know. Uh, what, what, Ish, what am I good at? Because uh, I, I could go, you think I'm a terrible dad, so you, you, <laughs> you think I'm a terrible, as you constantly tell me. So is there anything I'm good at? Is there any tips? Anything? Gosh, he's been silent. That tells me all. Oh, that's horrible. Isn't it? Um, you are the first father that's come on this podcast where their wife has been there, like their prison warden, just making sure that they, <laughs> making sure that they don't say anything wrong. Do you know what? Someone said something to me really interestingly. It was Brett Anderson from Suede, the band, right? And he became a dad later on in life, and he said that he said which kind of really buys into my philosophy which is a bit lazy in many ways he's like he can't he can't be bothered like, like if his kids are eating crisps on the sofa he can't be bothered to just go mad at them for that like he's not that's not don't i think don't get tied up in the bureaucracy of parenthood you know because it, it goes so quickly and the thing is that someone once said, which I think is brilliant, is that his late father said to him, my life, my job is not to make your life easy. It is to make your life interesting. Mm. So where possible, fill them full of experiences. And later in life, those experiences will manifest themselves in different ways. Ways that at the time, where you're dragging them around an art gallery, and they're bored out of their mind or the science museum or the natural history museum or wherever actually or in the peak district or in the lake district or even around hyde park when you're doing that and you're pointing stuff out to them and you're getting them to enjoy life and understand life and have those experiences that i think is a is a brilliant thing to do right it's just think about building up within them a bank of experiences because it's those experiences that will allow them to connect with the world in so many different ways. Because if they're as open-minded as you, wherever they've grown up, it probably won't be their home, right? 
they can see the whole world as their home. Do you know what? I love that. I really, really like that. To me, I, I really do. This is my favourite part of the pod because you end up getting some really deep moments on there, and yeah. I always end up walking away like, "Oh right, here we got some really pious kind of thoughts." No, it's, it just is because you think back on the experiences you had as a child, and my kids have had experiences the like of which I never had as a child. You know, my kids have walked on stage at Wembley Arena and said hello to ten thousand people and just waved at them like it was normal, right? He's gone to like, you know, it's different because of what his dad does that he gets to do these things. And and what she gets to do, you know, she met Taylor Swift when she, how old was she when she met Taylor Swift? Six. You know. Wow. So those kinds of things that they can do, but that's the extreme end of it. That, 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 that it doesn't have to be that obviously, because that's the extreme end of it in many ways. And, and yet if you ask them, all that they'd say is, I just want to play with some Lego with him. But yeah, I know. <laughs> I know and, I, and I would say to them, nah, it's not happening. It's not happening. I'm cruel. I've got a line. I'm not crossing it. I'm not being bored by you. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You've been an absolutely sensational guest. Could you just um, tell our listeners if they've enjoyed you? Of course, they would have enjoyed you. Where they can find you or anything else that you might be yeah, doing. Yeah, you can listen to me Monday through to Thursday, 1 till 4 p.m. on BBC Radio 5 Live. Uh, you can also check out um, the Penguin podcast. So if you read Penguin authors... Uh, then I interview most of their biggest authors uh, and that's a fascinating and if you're interested in writing or you like reading then that's a really good place to go to as well fantastic and and are you on your socials as well oh yeah yeah twitter the real nihal and instagram the real nihal perfect perfect thanks very much again nihal for coming on and to all you guys listening we will see you next time bye bye a podcast from producer paul.co.uk Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.